Welcome to Fallout Off the Record, brought to you by Quest Gaming Network. And sponsored in part by... Uh, you've got to be kidding me. Spoons? We're sponsored by Spoons now? What is this? Let's see the tagline. What a steal. That's the, ta- that's the tagline for the... Oh, I can't believe it. What are the sponsors we're getting these days? Spoons. Oh, good. I can make steal out of them. Hi, everyone, and welcome to episode 28 of Fallout Off the Record. I'm your host, Rick McVick, and with us tonight is Shaleen. Yo. Yes, thank you all for joining us on this fine, snowy evening, at least where I am and anyone on the East Coast, really. Uh, Shaleen is luckily dodging this storm, Jonas. Uh, but yeah, so tonight's episode is all about power armor, uh, again, for the third time, all about Fallout 4's power armor. So I want to say right up front, we're going to be talking about all the models that are in Fallout 4, and their mods and what they can do, that sort of thing, as much as we can get in. But we will not spoil locations or how to get them. So you just have the information that when you come across it in the wasteland, you'll be like, oh, this power armor does this because Rick said it. So if that's too much for you, don't listen. I don't think it's spoilery at all because the game has been out since last year. And like I said, we're not giving away locations or anything like that. Um, It's just information. Which I guess locations will be information, but you know what I mean. Anyway, so we're going to get past this and get into our ads real quick. And tonight, we are sponsored by TweakedAudio.com for your source your source for all things headphones and earbuds and that sort of thing. So, if you are in the market for a new set of earbuds because your last one's broke or you got those crappy plastic ones with your iPhone or whatnot, uh, head to TweakedAudio.com and... When you get to your checkout, you'll get and you enter our code off the record, which is all one word at checkout, you'll get thirty percent off and free shipping worldwide. That's tweakedaudio.com using our code off the record for thirty percent off and free shipping worldwide. We are also sponsored by Audible.com, your number one source for all things audiobooks. And when you sign up for a free thirty day trial using our link, audibletrial.com slash quest gaming network, you'll get a free audiobook. And tonight Shaleen recommends uh, what does she recommend here? The, the Martian by Andy Weir. It's like Castaway, but it's in space. And it's also the, based, well, not based on the movie. The movie's based on the book, but the book is always better than the movies. We know that. So again, sign up for a free trial with audible.com today using our link, audibletrial.com slash, slash uh, Quest Gaming Network for your free audiobook. You can also become a patron of our show by going to patreon.com. Patron. What? What do I keep saying? Patreon? You say it's it's Patron. A patron, but you say patron. Patron. You can always become a patron <laughs> to our show by going to patreon.com slash Network and donating there. We have some special prizes and that sort of thing, depending on what level you donate at. And if we hit our goal, which I think is around 300 a month of uh, Patreon donations, I think we'll skip all of these ads. You can also donate uh, using our one-time donation PayPal link on questgamingnetwork.com. And the best way you can help our show out is non-financial, which means just sharing us on your social media, Facebook, Twitter, Reddit, whatever. That helps us out a lot. We love that, and we like seeing all the feedback. Tonight's episode, we have news, which there isn't much of it, but that's okay. We have Shaleen's gameplay of the week, because I failed. Uh, Lore for this week, which is Power Armor, the weapon of the week, and emails. So we're going to go ahead and take it away with the news. If you like news, you're going to love our next What happened in this week of Fallout, Shalene? Well, we didn't have a ton of news this week. It was uh, pretty light compared to last week, for sure. Um, Our first article came from Kotaku. They ran an article on Fallout 4 cut content. They talked about the harpoon gun that we've talked about before. 
and a quest that was called Under the Sea, I believe. <laughs> and it hinted at an underwater vault or something. Ah. So that was interesting. That was a little deeper than uh, than what we had heard about before. You know Tommy Lonigan? Yeah, the dude in um, Combat Zone? Yeah, the one who looks like Jack Palance. There yeah. was a lot of, of his dialogue that was cut, suggesting that maybe the player at once would have been able to compete in fights or spectate fights or bet on fights at the Combat Zone. And even dialogue suggesting that the player would fight Kate. Huh. Yeah, so I, I don't know why they cut that, but... Yeah, they did it in New Vegas with the uh, the pit, was it? No, not the pit. What was it called? Um, New Vegas had the thorn. The thorn, that's it. Fallout 3 had the pit. So, anyway. Um, that would have been cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would have been. It would have been really cool, because, like... When they showed that, you know, footage at E3, I believe it was, everyone's like, oh, the pay, you can, like, fight, blah, and, you know. I was pretty disappointed <laughs> that I could not compete in the Thunderdome. Eh. So, this one comes from Destructoid. When asked if he would consider working on another Fallout game on Twitter, um, Obsidian, um, I didn't type this up very well, did I? <laughs> it was the, uh... <laughs> It was a gentleman from Obsidian who was the developer of New Vegas. I, I don't recall the man's name right off the top of my head. I Fine. failed at this <laughs> notes right here. You had one job, Shalene. You had one job. He said, I'm always up for working on a Fallout. I think most of us generally are. Really fun property to work with. So this is probably not something that's going to happen, another Obsidian Fallout. I would be very surprised if that happened. But it's cool that they would be willing to you know it's cool that they're still interested um what makes you say that you doubt that there would be another obsidian fallout i mean they did so well with new vegas yeah but there was that whole um kerfluffle with uh they they didn't get a 85 on metacritic or something so they didn't get bonuses and um yeah, oh, that was that was a thing. Google that, that after the okay. show. It was a thing. I'll dogpile it to be a rebel. I kind of feel like uh, like we're kind of pretending that New Vegas, you know, didn't happen. I feel like we just kind of sweep that under the rug here. Um, by we, I mean, you know, the <laughs> the fine developers of Fallout Four. <laughs> I, I feel like that's kind of, of skipped over. Like we feel like we've gone from three to four when. Yeah, you're right. You know what I mean? But I don't, I mean, other than publishing it, Bethesda really didn't have any hand in... Ah, thanks, Joseph. I'm sorry, Joseph from chat room. It was Eric Finstermacher at Obsidian. That was the, the gentleman. That's almost as... So there are a couple names that I absolutely adore. One of them is Benedict Cumberbatch, because frick, why would you not love that name? The second is um, Lemmy Kilmeister, which I know is not his real name. I forget what it is. It's Ian Kilmeister. And then Eric Fenstermaker. Would you say it was? Fenstermacher. Fenstermacher? That's such a rad name. <laughs> so I just had to say that. Yeah. Uh, I don't, you know, I think it's just because they didn't really have a hand in developing the game. I don't think they discredited it as canon, like the way they did Tactics. Mm -hmm. um, but they just published it, so I can understand why they just kind of brushed it aside when they were doing Fallout 4. They probably had their head in the proverbial sand when they mm -hmm. were developing Fallout 4 anyway. And I'm not trying to suggest that this is, is nefarious or, you know that there's any kind of bad feelings here. 
Right. Um, I, I just kind of feel like that was a, a once in a lifetime perfect storm sort of event that that New Vegas happened. And I, I don't feel that it will happen again. Well, we can all be glad it did. That's for sure. Yeah, for sure. But anyways, I just thought that was cool. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. I'm glad they're still interested. Our next item is a mod. Guess where I found this mod? Kotaku? Forbes. What? Forbes. How to make a million caps. Is that kind of how it was? Disable Minutemen Radiant Quests. <laughs> is this mod. <laughs> <laughs> it was made by Shadow Shade, and it does exactly what it says. Disable Minutemen Radiant Quests. And as Preston RV has quickly become the Jar Jar of Fallout, I can see that this <laughs> mod will be very popular. I just, I can't imagine that Bethesda had any idea what a meme Preston Garvey would be. Just... You know, one, yeah. one's gotta think. Because none of the other Radiant quests that you do have this same gravitas with it. The same belligerent mm-hmm. effect. And Preston Garvey is the only belligerently buggy character in the entire... Not buggy as far as like how we usually think annoying. of buggy. But it, he's like the, the most annoying character in the game. Like the only annoying character. It's mm-hmm. I, I wonder if they did that slightly on purpose to make... I can't imagine they did. But there's always that one character that sticks out above the rest. And I guess it's more organic than most. But like Moira Brown was that character for Fallout 3. Mm-hmm. And... New Vegas. I don't know who the frick New. Who is New Vegas's like standout character? I don't know. They didn't really kind of have have one. But like Maik the liar was always kind of like the Easter eggy kind of thing in the Elder Scrolls mm-hmm. games or whatever. And um, this one it just so happens to be Preston Garvey. I feel like when they made Preston, I think they thought he was a cool guy and he was going to be seen as a cool guy. So like, look at his character design. He's awesome looking. You can't argue that. Preston is awesome. But then, you know, he opens his mouth and it just all goes right out. And he's so serious, like, General, you know, this is settlement under attack. Or I just think they meant for him to be taken seriously, and he wasn't. Right. Hancock kind of took that, like, B.A. pre-war revolutionary look, mm-hmm. you know, character. I think I think Hancock kind of took that one. And uh, Preston yeah. Garvey is just kind of the takes the brunt of all the joking now mm-hmm. in this game. Um, but yeah, That's well, so that's funny. Again, um, I just want to be super clear. Anyone who mods, be careful when the uh, creation kit comes out. I know I sound like a broken record or broken hollow tape. I'm repeating myself and repeating myself and repeating myself. But you can never be too safe. Dead air. Anyway, so anything. <laughs> <laughs> I felt like I should call that's, it out. I'm sorry, Rick. That's yeah, it for the news. You, you, that's it for the news? All right. That's it for the news. <laughs> wow. We finished the news before the news bumper was actually over. And matter of fact, we've only got 10 seconds left. But we're going to go ahead and get into our... Fill the air here. Make something up quick. Uh, hey, look at that. We ran out the uh, bumper. <laughs> for the first time ever, we ended the news right when the bumper ended. That's impressive. It's almost like we tried that. But we're going to go ahead and get into our gameplay of the week. And that's my gameplay for the week. Shaleen, what would you do this week? (laughs) Well, I don't have a ton of gameplay either, but I do have a few fun notes. What are Um, we doing? We're totally like, like this is a Fallout podcast. 
<laughs> I haven't played Fallout at all this week. And you're like, well, I haven't really played it either. <laughs> I did play some, but, you know, life, Rick. We have responsibilities. What's responsibility? You're a family man. I care for my grandma. We've got responsibilities. <laughs> so what did you do this week in Fallout? Okay, well, first off, I wanted to open up by saying that... Um, I've gotten a lot of responses from listeners on Twitter and via email talking about the the Covenant glitch that I have where I go to Covenant and they all already know me and stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I wanted to call out in particular VaultNate101 on Twitter. He did some research for me and found out that this is a pretty common glitch. When you visit Covenant after finishing the game, they act like they know you. So that's why uh... my problem is and... What's going on with that? So thanks, Nate, for uh, letting me know about that so I could quit wondering what was wrong. Okay, if I can tell you after the show where the little why Covenant is so... Did you ever like look into Covenant and why it's so creepy? Mm-mm. Okay. I was waiting to go there on my other character. Oh, okay, then I'll let you wait. I wasn't going to say it on the show, but I wouldn't say it after the show anyway. But anyway... Okay, I didn't realize that was such a common bug. I thought you had to, like, take the test first. Yeah, I think you're supposed to take this test. I don't know about the test, but mm. I think that's the, the issue. It's pretty funny. It's just the goat, but his reactions to your answers are pretty funny. Yeah. Yeah. I don't have to do that after the show on my PC character. I think I, think I can make it there. I'm still pretty low level on him, so. It's okay. It's not that far south. Yeah. It may be... Maybe difficulties. Anyway, moving right along from <laughs> planning what we're going to do after the podcast. <laughs> wow. We're oh, just, my goodness. We're just striking out today. Disaster. Woo! On, uh, <laughs> on uh, the kind of funny podcasts, Greg and Colin will talk about... We don't like, speak of the, them here. The garbage truck is on fire. <laughs> and our garbage truck is on fire right now. <laughs> ah, that's all right. That's all right. So... I did some settlement building, and uh, really, yeah, a, a little bit, not a ton, but a bit. I and I, I'm experiencing scarcity of materials for the first time. Oh yeah. I tried to gather things up as I was looting, but like the places I'm building are not the places where I've stored all this loot, and I, I haven't really wanted to just mule it all to to where I'm building. So I've been trying to go find it and. I, I think if I would get the local leader perk, that would help. Yes, but it would. It there would. are so many things I want to level up first, though. <laughs> what level are you, anyway? I don't know. Um, huh? I think I'm in the 50s. Okay. I don't know. Oh, I think I'm 50s. you're in the 50s and you still right, feel let me like you check here. Hang on. <laughs> Stop the podcast. <laughs> Checking this wow. out. Wow. I, uh... Uh-uh. Well, guys, you're seeing the entire breakdown of Fallout off the record right here and now. She leans on her cell phone. She's like, whatever, I'm done. Lights up a cigarette. No, I'm kidding. Um, <laughs> 52. I'm level 52. Level 52? Yeah. <laughs> All right. So. Uh, you're level 52 and there's still stuff you want to do besides local leader? Oh, yeah. I, I mean, it's... Stuff. The, okay. I have a list whatever. here somewhere. <laughs> no. I, <laughs> All right. <laughs> just get local leader it's not that hard i wanted to well i have to level up my charisma first because oh. my charisma is not that high so it's gonna take me like seven levels to get local leader 
And I want to level up Gun Nut and Science and Blacksmith. All of those I wanted to level up first. So, there you go. <laughs> We're getting RIP Fallout OTR in the chat room. <laughs> so, I'm sorry. Okay. There's, don't make me laugh. Uh-oh, sorry. So, I'm trying to build Dead up puppies. the castle, right? What? I'm trying to build up the castle. Okay. I'm trying to close the holes in the walls and stuff. And yeah. uh, there's nobody there. There's nobody left there. <laughs> because we had, a, we had a big fight at uh, the castle that you can hear about in the spoiler cast. I'm not going to go into details. There was a big fight there. And everybody dead, man. <laughs> so Did you man anyone like, back at the radio beacon? Hmm? Did you man anyone back at the radio beacon? Oh, that's probably <laughs> with it. Yeah, because I unassigned him from the radio beacon and assigned him to like a gun. Yeah, yeah that would be that would be the reason. Because there's the one guy, and then there's uh, the lady. Uh, I can't. Why can't I remember her name? Reggie is her name. Reggie. Uh, you know, I just read it tonight that you can buy some weapon off of her, and I cannot remember what her name is. It starts with an R, though. Well, the lady at the castle, the awesome old lady at the castle, she's there, and the spoiler character is there, and that's <laughs> that's true. basically everybody that's at the castle. Somebody referenced Ronnie, that. Thank you, Ronnie. And somebody did. They, well, they are saying that you probably should hook up the generators back to the tower again, too. I did hook the generators back uh, to the tower. Okay, so we I got that. that. <laughs> thank you, though. Thank you. <laughs> Our chat room looking out for you, Shaleen. So I uh, I need manpower, and I started poaching from other settlements. I went uh, up to, like, Zimonja Outpost. Yeah. Who, who wants to live there? I mean, you know, it's so far in the north. So I just started sending those people. I had, like, a bunch of people there. I started sending all of them to the castle. <laughs> and I went to um, Sanctuary, thinking, okay, I'm going to send my Sanctuary people there, and I'll make the castle my main settlement. Mm-hmm. And you, I... Maybe you can, and I'm stupid, but it seemed to me that you can't reassign Sturgis or Mama Murphy. I don't think you... No, you can assign Sturgis. I've assigned I've assigned him to the... Or at least... I don't know if you can assign him to everything, but I've assigned him to the scrapping table. But I mean, you can't send him to a different settlement? Oh, I don't I believe you can. To do that. It's possible that I'm just stupid, but... Well, I don't believe you can. I know you can't do it with Mama Murphy. Okay. Which? And with them having to stay at Sanctuary, I don't feel great about, like, taking uh, Marcy and June Long or, oh. you know, Vault Tech Guy or any of their other friends that live there. Right, right, yeah. Oh, somebody's saying in the chat room, Mama Murphy can be assigned once you stop giving her drugs. The, yeah, um, though. It, she, like, walked up into my home the other day and walked up to the chem station and started making chems. That's concerning. Yeah, it's like I got to take my stairs out now because she'll mm-hmm. just get drugged up. Oh, Mama Murphy, tisk. So that lady can tell you. <laughs> so what else did you do? Um. Well, I just wanted to say I was working on settlements, and I don't. I'm not sure that I like building settlements. <laughs> it doesn't seem very intuitive, you know. But I, I'm going to try to give it a chance. I'm going to keep investing more time into it and see if I just need to get used to the, the controls and stuff. I, I, I will definitely say it's not intuitive. It definitely took me 
a bit of a learning curve to get everything figured out. And I will also say that I've only done the basics, like the things that snap together well. I haven't ever messed with any of the metal stuff just because I feel like it has mm-hmm. less that goes together well or easily. Um, but the people out there that have like done this crazy, crazy stuff, I mean, probably sink so much time into it. Like the guy that put the little lights on the power lines, like had to go into console and, and like it, it apparently like it said it took him like four hours for each each power line. Oh, yeah. Somebody in the chat room is absolutely right. Guys, just as a forewarning, I don't know if I'm going to lose power or not. Um, the storm hasn't quite picked up where I'm at yet, but we shall see. Uh, for those of you who don't know what's going on, Jonas, the uh, leftover Weezer song, is attacking our eastern seaboard with a whole bunch of snow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I had Goliath uh, last month, and now you've got Jonas. Wait, they named yours know. Goliath? They named ours mm-hmm. Jonas? Yeah, it's because... We're in the West, you know. We're, we're our yeah, ours is named and after you guys some like wimpy hipster. Hipsters. <laughs> like there he is, Jonas, with his curly mustache. Yeah, blowing the cocaine everywhere. Jonas, his <sighs> collar popped. <laughs> this is flannel. So moving to Fallout. <laughs> this is Fallout podcast. <laughs> I did some weapon modding because there's an achievement for that. And uh, <laughs> I just spent a lot of time doing achievement mods or weapon mods for this achievement. <laughs> and it was pretty fun to see what you can make. And uh, a couple of my favorites of the things that I made, a napalm flamethrower. Ooh. It's pretty amazing. It's like stick to stuff and... Kind of, yeah. It's it's better than the normal oh, flamethrower. That sounds Very cool. fun. And uh, in the chat room, somebody said storm names off the record. How many off the records could we get? Yeah. So I also made a bayoneted missile launcher. And I feel like if you have to resort to a bayonet, (laughs) your missile salvo has gone horribly awry. You know, just that. Why is this a thing that exists? A bayonet on your missile launcher? I haven't used that yet, but I'm gonna have to gonna have to mess with that. That's pretty later. awesome. <laughs> so I was hanging out in Sanctuary, and uh, I was just you know hanging out, mm-hmm. and I was looking at reassigning Sturgis, and I was like, "Hey Sturgis, you know how's it going?" And he built me an automatic laser musket, and it's amazing. A what? An automatic laser musket, Rick. In autumn, so uh, because in my brain, when I think the word musket, it doesn't necessarily say fast repeating in my brain. Right, <laughs> but you can just change that paradigm right now, sir. <laughs> Does the handle flip around as you fire? <laughs> yeah, it like keeps cranking. <laughs> <laughs> Don't get your hand caught there. Because <laughs> like usually, you know, you're like shoot, it's like boom, and then crank, crank, right? Boom, crank, crank. But it just keeps shooting. You can get like 20 shots off with the automatic laser musket. Oh my gosh. It's beautiful. I used it on some ghouls. Uh, It's just, it's delightful. It's a joy. (laughs) It is a joy, this weapon. And uh, it was really funny because in the dialogue options, they're just like, hey, you know, this is something I've been working on for you, General. And, you know, I'm like, thanks, Sturgis. Why couldn't you get this to me before I had these really hard fights? 
And he's like, oh, General, you know, there's just, you know, sometimes you're working on a thing and it won't come together. And then, <laughs> boom, it comes together. And you're like, I want to kill you with this thing. But, but it's gorgeous and I love it. That's awesome. I wanted to ask you, by the way, what are you using to seal off the walls of the castle? A big section of wooden garbage wall. Junk wall, I think it's called. Could I offer a different solution do it the in the floor section and this is for everyone listening to if you want to like seal off the castle with a very very nice um look if you will a nice finish this is my bob vila moment here um that's a callback and a half hoy uh if you go to the flooring section under wood in your settlement menu and you go to the concrete floor slab it's like a big square piece of concrete with wood on top it clips into the ground so you can like actually make a solid wall yeah the concrete foundations and then they if you get it lined up right they snap to each other and you can get a really nice look and a really nice finish and there's Shaleen writing that down (laughs) (laughs) because screw the podcast writing this down is more important the castle needs walls bro (laughs) everyone's dead there it's not like it really matters anymore is it (laughs) this old house with Rick McVick (laughs) 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 sir i think (laughs) andrew robinson i think you just gave us another segment (laughs) Uh yeah i really like it (laughs) wow (laughs) that's really awesome uh and you don't write that down what do you why do i pay you it's really good see right there Okay, Rick. That why do I pay you statement? Terribly sorry. It's going to get us tons of flack. Because first of all, everyone was mad because I fakely fired you. Yeah, and like, here's the thing. We've made that joke before. And you said why you were going to fire me. Why, why did it only then become a problem? I don't know. I think because it was during a Let's Play, and our Let's Plays always, like, make people upset when we know. do them. Some people... And, like, some people really like them, but some people really don't to like them. To some people, it's kittens. And to some people, it's yeah. kicking kittens. And, and those those people that don't like them, they're, uh, they let us know. They definitely so. let us know. Uh, where were so, we? So, that was some inside baseball, some inside podcast right there. <laughs> and I wanted to talk about, I had one more thing for my gameplay. Right. So, I've been hanging out with Preston Garvey, right? Because I'm trying to get all the <laughs> companion perks. And this is another more evidence as to why I think that Bethesda meant for Preston Garvey to be a cool guy, an example of fine humanity in the wasteland. Yeah. Um, he's got a fan club. He's got a total fan base. Really? In, in the wasteland. When you're hanging out with Preston, you'll fast travel to a city like, for example, Diamond City. And people run up to him and they're like, oh my gosh, are you that minute man? <laughs> do they really? Do they hold their hands up like that? And uh, they give him presents. Like uh, in Fallout 3, right? You fast travel to Megaton and you're walking to your house. And that girl runs up and she like hands you a Nuka Cola or like five bullets or whatever. And she's like, here, <laughs> this isn't much, but, you know, um, I hope it helps. And, uh, in New Vegas, when you go to Freeside, 
if you're uh, have good relationship with the kings, one of the kings will show up and be like, "Hey, you know, you've been doing good work in Freeside. Right. Here's a gift. That's right from the king. <laughs> here's, well, a, people, here's a bullet. <laughs> Thank you, mm-hmm. sir." People are running up and giving Preston these gifts. They're like, oh, you do such good work for the wasteland. Have this gift. And I went to the castle where I was. I had gotten enough wood or whatever I needed. And uh, I went back to the castle to build my garbage wall out of garbage. <laughs> and uh, this guy, he's the one settler I had at the time, right? One settler. And I had assigned him to hoe the potatoes. <laughs> And he's hoeing potatoes, and he drops his hoe and just takes off running to where <laughs> Preston is. And he's like, are you that minute man? <laughs> and gives him a present, and he's like, oh, gosh, can I shake your hand, sir? <laughs> it was so funny. I just wanted to call that out. So I Preston Garvey's got a fan club, and that's further evidence for why I think Bethesda meant for him to be whatever but by the way um if this episode was not already called power armor part three it would totally be called hoe and tatoes because <laughs> that just sounds ridiculous <laughs> so there i was hoe and tatoes it just just does not anyway sorry exactly general knowledge in the chat says preston gets all the glory for the work he delegates to us. <laughs> That's true. I was just thinking, everyone's running up and giving him gifts, and there you are, looking around mm-hmm. like, am I not Am, am I not here? Am I, what have, you know, I've been the one doing all this. But isn't that not the way it works? So, yeah. So we had a gameplay challenge. We did last week. It was to, hmm, excuse me, build a shrine to the perfect pie, perfectly preserved pie, rather. And we had responses from a lot of different people. We were actually surprised on how many people responded to this. It was fantastic. Yeah. So we're going to attempt. Now, this episode is already borked a little bit because of the whole intro video. But we're going to attempt to give you guys a slideshow of the uh, entries we had. So here goes nothing. Um, let me start this up here. So this is the... This is not the first. See, this okay, is the, that's that not one the first one. Designer Paul, that's, he um, has his pie. Ah, see, this is the most ridiculous thing. Back. Okay. Back. There. Back. I say. Are you scrolling to the first one. I am trying to scroll in general. There's the first. Okay, one. there's the first one. Vendertron made this one. So we have some giddy up buttercups, and a cat. Lovely portrait. <laughs> and then there's the pie right in the middle. I like the teapot and the teacups. I thought that was a really nice touch. Are those, I guess, I guess those are, uh, what's next to, what I'm really curious about is there's something next to the teapot and between the pie and the teapot. And I'm wondering what hmm. it is. I can't, it look, they look like little green army men, but I can't tell what they are. Um, so if, I did not, I'm gonna have to look at that. Yeah. So if vendor trunk could let us know, uh, what's the, what's the next one then? Let's see if we can get captain do mock oh. this next one. There we are. And, uh, I told him, shouldn't the lights be facing toward the pie? See, and he replied that he's looking for potential diners. <laughs> to shoot, I wonder. <laughs> <laughs> so it's on this little pedestal right in the middle of these uh, spotlights there. <laughs> yeah. So the next one uh, is by who? Strange dude. I'm sorry, I didn't realize you were prompting me there. Yeah. This one, I think, was both of our favorites. Just, mmm, pie, or pie, mmm, the 
radar dishes and the laser guns and Tesla coils. Very nice. And this brought up... Go ahead. How do you even make those lights? I was going to say, this brought up the idea of building with lights in the game. And neither Shaleen and I have attempted it. I haven't because I couldn't figure out what to get them to snap to. And to see that one... Oh, I guess I guess he made four of them to get the eye and then just removed one so it was hovering in there. Mm-hmm. Um but lights are definitely not friendly. But this is definitely and one of our favorites. <laughs> for our audio listeners, um we'll tweet these later, these screenshots, we so will. you guys can see them. We will. And the next one up is Real Big Kong. Real big oh, okay. <laughs> and he did kind of a cabana theme with the potted plants. <laughs> And the power armor jetpack thing with two, oh, with two pies, mm-hmm. two pies there on ashtrays. I love that. A lot of people use the ashtrays in their pie to stay. That's true, they did. So the next one is... Leonard the Overachiever. Oh, <laughs> we can he only imagine. hours and he gathered <laughs> Holy eight pies. Eight pieces of pie? And around this altar are like flamethrowers or something. Did we get the There's far away a- shot of this? Yeah, um, we've got it. I didn't put it in the notes. Okay, we'll tweet so. that far shot because it looks like this, uh, whatever that, looks like an Aztec temple of sorts. <laughs> Pretty great. <laughs> With fire coming out of it. <laughs> With eight pies. <laughs> and he also started the Church of the Perfect Holy Pie on Twitter. <laughs> that was him. <laughs> so you can follow at Perfect Holy Pie on Twitter. <laughs> Please do that. <laughs> if you would like to join the church. <laughs> do we have any more? Yeah. Okay. This next one. Whoa. Designer Paul, who has placed his pie in the neck of his power armor here. <laughs> and that's actually. And he the... said he got it stuck there. <laughs> it's stuck there? <laughs> he can't get the pie out. <laughs> that's the uh, Adam Cat's armor, I believe, too. I think it is, yeah. It looks pretty rad. So yeah, and and then uh, do we have a next one? Yes, the next one is mine. Oh, I kept it simple. I built this little patio up in the air above the gas station, uh-huh. and I set up this table with this little bottle of wine and the pie. <laughs> and uh, I'm having a little date with McCready because I couldn't get Paladin Dance to take off his power armor and sit in the chair. So. <laughs> <laughs> you couldn't use your womanly wiles to get Paladin Dance out of his armor. I know, huh? I know. Tisk, tisk. Uh, look at me in this dress, and he would not take off his oh. power. Oh. Whatever. His loss, McCready's gain. But when I tweeted this out, when I did it, um, I had like three different responses that were all the same. Like, McCready, he cleans up good. <laughs> I was just thinking he looks like a, he looks like a bit of a 007 character there. It's like mm-hmm. almost like a Sean Connery type look. Yeah. So yeah. And is that our last, uh, is that our last one? That's the last one. Awesome. And then there we are. So we hope you enjoyed that. We've been tr- we've tried to like post our images of these perfectly preserved. Or, sorry, we've been trying to do like post the images of the challenges that we get, but sometimes it's a little wonky in the program. We use sometimes can be a bit of a drag. Daniel Craig, that's a better match for McCready in that suit. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Yeah, pretty much. So I got to spend some more time with McCready. McCready's <laughs> awesome. He's maybe my favorite. I really like him. Why no roof? <laughs> asks Joseph. Why no roof? Because I couldn't get it to line up. That's why there's no roof. So I made it an open air patio. There you go. Because building system. Exactly. Uh, All right. So let's see here. Do we have... Yes, we have a new challenge for you this week. Um, It's to take a seaside slash summer vacation to the glowing sea. 
Well, seaside actually. In uh, in summer in a summer shorts outfit or similar, gather souvenirs, take pictures, have a picnic, and have fun and tell us your stories. And uh, start. And, and this is what we're gonna do. Um, for this challenge, when you go to the glowing sea and take your snapshots of you having a picnic in your shorts or whatever in the glowing sea, um, use the hashtag hashtag FOTR challenge. So that way we can actually yeah, see who's posting stuff. Yeah, it's kind of hard to find find the challenge tweets later on. So that hashtag will help us out a lot. Yeah, hashtag FOTR challenge. So use that hashtag when you're posting any screenshots with these challenges that we give you. So yeah, that's next week's challenge. And we look forward to seeing what that is. Well, now we're going to get into our power armor lore. And this is the power armor in Fallout 4. And again, I just want to say straight up front before we get into this, this is about the types of power armor that are in Fallout 4, not the locations, not how you get them, anything like that. It's just strictly information based on, you know, all about the power armor and the models and the sub-models and all that stuff. We might get into the mods that you can do. There's a ton of those things. Um, if we have some time, we will get into them. But anyway, we're going to go ahead and get started with the Power Armor Fallout 4. Well, first thing is first, you need a Power Armor frame. They're found all around the Commonwealth, as we see in so many screenshots. They can also be purchased from vendors if you fail to get them off of the NPC that you're fighting or stealing it from. Um, and they do appear near uh, the vendor in a maintenance bay, which I got to say, the one in the Pridwin is kind of... If you purchase the power armor frame from the vendor on the Pridwin, it's in the bay with all the other power armor pieces kind of tucked away in a corner. It took me like 10 minutes to find it. It was so annoying. They require a fusion core to operate properly. Um, and also, this is just a little bit of a tip. The highest level of the nuclear physicist perk allows you to, to eject a fusion core as a timed mine. So the same effect that you would get by shooting one on an enemy, you can actually manually do if you have that second or third level of the nuclear physicist perk, which I found to be pretty rad. And That's I, very cool. Yeah. Although I feel like I feel like I'd be the idiot to drop it and then retreat over my own mind as it blows up. Yeah. I don't know. I just feel like I'd do that so much. Um, so some power armor types. Actually, the power armor frame is technically a type. Uh, it's base in uh, its base damage and, and energy resistance is sixty. I don't know if it's upgradable. I I, I don't believe. Um, let's see here. Do, 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 do the raider power armor? That's the kind of the next tier up from the power armor frame. Its base damage and energy resistance is five hundred. It can be upgraded to the raider two uh, power armor pieces, upping the damage to. Uh, six damage resistance and energy resistance to uh, 620. It's found by location and is not spawned, so I couldn't even tell you where to find it. Uh, one there are a couple different variants, and oh no, one variant. It's called Tessa's Fist. Uh, I found that, and I was, I haven't figured out how to use it. Uh, oh, you just you just kind of put just it on. Equip it. Yeah, I yeah. believe so. Um, it, what it does is just basically quadruple the item health. Other than that, it's Pretty much a standard Raider power armor fist. Now, I got to say, I did find it once. And I did I found that lady the second time. And it wasn't on her person when uh, I defeated her. So that was a little strange. Yeah, I found her and killed her. And it was theft to take her fist. So. Yeah. I, yeah. So I, I, I enjoyed fighting her. She was really tough. But again, second time I did it, no fist. <laughs> On the Weird. second, complete second playthrough, 
I found her a second time with a new character and she didn't have the fist on her. Too much information. Anyway, let's get on to the T-45. It's the second weakest power armor in the uh, tier of power armors. It costs the least to repair, but damages easily. Most commonly found. It is level-based depending on its spawn locations. And it's the only armor that can use the Minuteman paint, which is a charisma boon for all six pieces painted. The T-51 is also a common form of armor. It is, again, level-based. It needs a fusion core to function fully, which I'm taking to assume that the T-45 does not. Um, and I don't even really know... Oh, okay. I have in the notes what it does when you run out of fusion core thing, like I was about to ask. If, if, if a fusion core becomes empty and you have no more to replace it, you become over-encumbered and VATS does not work. Uh, you can use the jetpack with the T-51. It uses AP and more of the fusion core. The only model that uses the railroad paint job, which is a perception boon if all six are painted. Interesting. Yeah. So, uh, there is a... Let's see here. There's a glitch, and I can't remember if it's because of the railroad paint job. I think it might be, or if it's the T-51. But some characters who would talk to you before becoming hostile, like one of the guys in the forged um, plant... Uh, they'll attack on site. It's unclear if it's a bug or a feature. And oh, are I they supposed yes. to talk to you? Because they attacked me automatically. In the forged area? Yeah, the the Saugus Ironworks? Yes, I do know that when you're doing the Radiant Settlement quest for Finding the Sun, that they talk to you before they attack. Yeah, that didn't happen for me. They attacked me. Maybe I went in power armor. Maybe. Maybe if you're wearing power armor, they attack right off the bat. Although, mm. I don't think they do. Maybe it just depends on what you have on. I'm not sure. But they, he does have a conversation. You have a chance to uh, talk him down in, in, a, in a way. So that leads us to the T-60 power armor set. It is superior to the T-45 and the T-51 armors. The T-60 power armor is supposedly... Uh, it's in, the T-60 power armor is supposedly inferior to the T-51, which was the pinnacle of pre-war armor technology, according to one of the load screens. Uh, In-game, this is incorrect as the T-60s always has superior resistances relative to the model type. Um, and there are model types to all of these, pretty much the A, B, C, D, E, upping their damage resistance and such. And then there is the end-all, be-all of power armors, the X-01 power armor. It offers the most defense out of all the power armors. The headlamp is actually the uh, the headlamp is the eyes of the helmet instead of the little light on the side. That's cool. Yeah, and the cool thing is if you change the if you change the color of your headlamp, it changes the color of your eyes. <laughs> That's so cool. So now I really want XO one. Yeah, me too. I really want XO one. Someday I'm gonna find some and I'm gonna paint it pink. Can you? Yeah, you you're the one who showed me the magazine. Oh, that's right. Yeah, you can. Um, I actually haven't found any more of those magazines. Yeah, I've only found, I found one, one that gives it a, a shark paint job. I think. Huh. See, I don't or have something. that. Um, the only model that can use the uh, it's the only model that can use the institute paint. If you are friendly with those jerks, uh, you can get the institute paint job. And I didn't even bother to write down what it did. Because uh, who cares? Who's going to get the Institute paint job? Am I right? Am I right? Uh, it's the rarest set in the game. And it, its exclusive upgrade is the X-01 EMP shielding. Um, I, think we, I think we have time to go over the some of the mods. That I you think can we do. do too, Rick. We've got lots of time. There are a ton, a ton of mods. Uh, let's see. I linked to the X-01 mods here. Okay, so it looks like... 
the hmm. base XO armor can upgrade all the way to the Mark VI, the XO one Mark VI armor for the arms, legs, and head. Um, but they are really expensive. Um, for in- instance, the total to upgrade to the Mark VI, you need 50 adhesive and 69 aluminum and et cetera, et cetera. It's, it's That's a lot. A lot. Of, yeah, it's a lot of pieces. Um, there are modifications that you can do to this. Obviously, the uh, different paints and that sort of thing. All of them, all the parts can get the military paint, the titanium plat- plating, lead plating, prism shielding, explosive shielding, obviously the XO1 EMP shielding, vault tech paint, thermal coating, Institute paint, hot rod shark paint, hot rod flames, and hot rod pink paint you can get. Um, let's see here. The helmet has a... Oh, gosh. There's so many. I don't even know if I want to go through them all of them because there's just so many. What mods... Let me let me, let me let me go with this. What mods do you tend to use on your power armor, Shaleen? I don't, okay. actually. Okay. Well, uh... <laughs> I haven't been wearing it, Rick. That was a I, great conversation. When I find power armor, I, I put it on... And I fast travel to my gas station, (laughs) I climb up on the roof, I get out, pull the fusion core, and I jump off my roof. That's... (laughs) That is such a Resident Evil mentality of like, I found a shotgun and I'm going to save it. I'm going to save it. Because it's like, I found a power armor, I'm going to save it for when I fight something big. Meanwhile, you're fighting Myrlurk Queens and Deathclaws. I used power armor maybe up to like level 10 or so, and then I just didn't use it anymore. I just... I wear clothes, especially after I got ballistic weave. I I do that most of the time, but I always have that one set that I have set up um, mm-hmm. to just jump into and go. Yeah, I do have a set that's ready to wear. I'm trying to think what it is. I think it's 60. I think it's a nice. set of 60. And I don't think I have any paint on it. Yeah, mm-hmm. I, at this point I have uh, – I'm like level 40 and I still am using the winterized T45 uh, and the reason is because I've been too lazy to upgrade my uh, T T sixty armor at this point. Mm. So, what I tend to do with my helmets is I tend to use the well. At first, I used the targeting HUD, which highlights living targets. Now, there are good and bad things to this because it highlights your targets, but it highlights living targets. So, if you're in an area where there's like civvies and then you know tangos. It's going to highlight everyone. So it's like, crap. Now that everyone's just kind of lit up and I'm, it, it kind of models. The, well, you the were going to kill them all anyway, right? I mean. No, I'm not mean. In, I can't be mean in this one. Listen to the spoiler cast. I almost cry. Not really, but kind of. But what I tend to use now is the VATS matrix overlay, which increases a VATS hit chance um, on all limbs and head, torso, all that stuff. That's what I tend to use. On the legs, let's see here. On the legs, I tend to use the... What do I use? I believe I use the Kinetic Servos. Oh, that's cool. These mods are awesome. Yeah, they are. Um, You should probably try them every once in a while. Yeah, I should. I don't think I have anything on my arms because they were useless to me. Because they were always about like unarmed attacks and stuff, and I just never really, you know, bothered. I have a few unique pieces of power armor. You do? Um, I do. And I think I put those on my suit that's in the garage ready to wear in case I want to wear it into battle someday. Okay. And uh, I have a couple that I got from doing Brotherhood quests. And it's like courageous, you know, chest plate and the, like the, the leg of... of Health resistance. <laughs> the leg of health. <laughs> I don't. 
<laughs> and then I've got one that I got from a side quest that I did that's got extra energy resistance or something. <laughs> the and, leg of uh, lamb. <laughs> yeah. Um, I, I don't think I have anything as far as torso, torso mods are concerned at this point. Because I haven't... I mean, like, I use power armor basically for, like, tanking. And uh, mm-hmm. I don't think... I don't know. I think maybe the... I never really had the perks that you needed to make any of the cool mm-hmm. cool stuff for the torso. I think I might change that this time around. So yeah, power armor was basically just me killing a lot of things. Yeah, and I've just been wearing clothes. Just Yeah, and um again, the XO1 power armor is level level dependent for all of the pieces except for one piece is a level independent. It's the one Shaleen refuses to get. Um, that's, yeah. That has to be stolen. But for everything else... The- I just I want to shout out our, our uh, brother-sister podcast, Dragon Age, off the record, and say, Tigon! <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow. Um, a lot of people got that. I, I, I didn't, but I can understand where it's from. But mm-hmm. as far as the actual set in the game, it's level dependent and it is very, very rare. I have found very few pieces. Um, and in my new playthrough, I haven't found any. So yeah, that's pretty much it for the power armor. I didn't want to go over all the mods just because looking at the list, it's just so many and they kind of repeat for yeah. each, for each one. So if you're curious, there's a about- point where you're just reading a recipe there. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, pretty much. And it would just be too much, but that's basically a rundown of all the, power armor variants in fallout four there's surprisingly not a lot there's just a lot you can do with the little that you have um as far as like look and and style go you know variants if you are curious about the mods and what it takes to build those mods as far as recipes and ingredients and that sort of thing uh you can always go to the fallout.wikia.com um the fallout wiki has a ton of information all the mods everything you need so yeah go there if you want to be spoiled but there you go. Let's continue on to the weapon of the week. Okay, That'd our weapon you. of the week this week is the Nine Iron. The Nine Iron is a two-handed melee weapon that appears in Fallout New Vegas. It has a special attack called Four, which can be executed <laughs> in VATS at an extra AP cost. And uh, this can also be done outside of VATS if you hold the attack button while moving forward. Uh, it's really fun when you can get those outside of vats, those special attacks, but it's very hard. <laughs> the Nine Iron appears to be bent and battered from age and exposure. And there hence. is a unique variant called Nefi's Golf Driver. Oh, it's yeah. new looking and it's not bent. When you use it with four, the attack is guaranteed to knock down enemies. And even though it is considered a unique variant of the nine iron, it's actually modeled on a driver instead of a nine iron. <laughs> hmm. Well, they call yeah. it a. Dr- oh, right. Yeah, because it's the driver. Never mind. There's an ace of spades engraved on the head. That's awesome. <laughs> driver Nefi, the owner of the weapon, is one of the fiends that Major Daughtry puts a bounty on in the three card bounty quest. And Nefi is fast, he's skilled at melee combat, and he has killed many NCR soldiers. The Nine Iron or Nefi's, um, Nefi's driver can be used in the Gunrunner's Arsenal Challenge, A Slave Obeys. This one is a, it's a one-star challenge. 
it's received by killing Mr. House with a golf club, which is a Bioshock reference, obviously. Bioshock spoilers. <laughs> in which Andrew Ryan quotes, a man chooses, a slave obeys, and then things happen. And both Andrew Ryan and Mr. House are based on real-life eccentric billionaire Howard Hughes. Huh. We should do an episode on Howard Hughes someday. Yeah. I didn't realize he was that integrated with Mr. House. Mm-hmm. So. I, I've got to point out um, one thing here with Driver Nefi. I like how the NCR is like like super terrified of this guy. And you said he is fast and skilled at melee combat. The NCR has the Red Beret snipers, which fast and melee combat are really good when it comes to sniping. It's just like, there goes his head, you know? I don't know, but they keep on dying, so. That's true. I don't know. I just thought it was interesting. And I also want to say that somebody in the chat room pointed out that they treat their it's general knowledge. That's the guy's name, not the statement. But um, he said, I treat my fusion cores like I treated ammo in Daisy years ago. And I have to admit, that was the, that's the same mentality that, like, I carry with me in any sort of like RPG or survival game and it spawns from like the Resident Evil days because back in, in this, he referenced DayZ, but I'm, I'm thinking of war war Z back when that was a thing in alpha and you would find a nine millimeter and you would covet it. Like you'd be surrounded by zombies, but you would not shoot your gun because you knew that like you would never find another one again. And like, that's how fusion cores are. Or like, that's how like I am with power. Yeah. Armor. It's like, I got to save my power armor. Because I, I have a I'm, ton of fusion cores, but they feel so rare. I know. It's like I've got 99, and it's like, oh, fusion mm-hmm. core. Gotta save it, gotta save it, gotta save it. And you tuck it in your cheek for next winter. Like, it's just, it's so, I don't know why that is. It's like a hoarding mechanic in our own brain that just, like, makes us, like, save the special things. Like, I, I can't tell you how long it took me to use a shotgun in any game after playing Resident Evil. So I'm like, if I use the shotgun, I'm going to run into a dude, and I'm going to need it, and I'll be out of ammo. Mm-hmm. And that only applies to like Resident Evil. Yeah, Nintendo. I always save the power weapons and shooters, and then I get to the end having never fired one. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs> you're like, why Why did I? And then you're like, next time through, I'm going to use it. And then next mm-hmm. time through, you never use it. No. <laughs> so anyway, uh, we have a few listener emails, and I'm going to go ahead and take this one. Um, I forgot to read through this. We're going to go ahead and read through the whole thing because it is pretty informative and pretty cool. Unless you don't think we should. Do you think we should, Shalene? I think we should read through both of these emails, even though they're long, because they're good emails. Okay. I'll take the first one. Ad Victorium followed OTR. Hey, guys, I found your podcast and just got caught up from episode one. Been loving every minute of it. In regards to a question you guys had about Garvey and his phobia of ferals from episode 26, I may have a direction of a possible answer. Head to the Super Duper Mart in Lexington. Remember Garvey stated that at your first meeting that the group came from Quincy in the south and their route would have taking them through here to get to Concord. No spoilers, but read and listen to everything here. Do you know what he's talking about with that, Shaleen? No, I need to go back there and and visit all those terminals and stuff. Yes. I do know that Lexington is full of ghouls, especially the Super Duper Mart. Tons of ghouls. The Super Duper Mart is crazy full of ghouls. So I guess this must be where the, the, uh, the root of this ghoul phobia. And I feel kind of bad for making fun of them now. <laughs> Wow. Yeah. Good job. No, I don't know. We'll have to go back there and check it out. Um, and anyway, the email goes on to say, you guys also mentioned how mods can break immersion and fallout. I think we were referencing someone else saying that, not necessarily us. Uh, that was me saying that, I think, with the weather mod. Oh, okay. I got what you're saying. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah. So anyway, 
He says, one rule of thumb that I follow is to look at the closest representation I can of a nuclear disaster, namely Chernobyl, Ukraine. After experiencing a nuclear meltdown in the 80s, it is a pretty cool model for fallout. My question is, my question for you guys is this. Have you ever been role-playing in any Fallout game and came to a decision that tore at your heart, but for the sake of the RP, you made the RPer's choice anyway? When, where, and what? For example, I'll try to keep this as spoiler-free as possible. My first playthrough of Fallout 4 was a power armor engineer from Operation Anchorage. As such, I needed a military to follow in this crazy new world. One day, I happened upon a distress signal from a certain police station. Jumping in to help, I met Paladin Dance and crew. Through the Brotherhood of Steel, I found the military I was looking for. From that moment, Dance was my follower, and I learned the codex that, that the BOS lives by and followed my orders to a T, even if I may have had disagreements. Paladin Dance and myself quickly went from soldier and CO to wartime buddies. In our BOS night T60s, I even crafted special helms for us. A red light on his and a blue light on mine so we could see each other during night raids. This guy's super thorough. Brothers in arms we were until I reached a point in the story. I received an order, one I couldn't avoid. After much an internal struggle in the real world, I followed my orders and upheld the Codex of the Brotherhood. In my friend's words, be the example, not the exception. Ad victorium. That's the kind of decision I mean. Have you made a decision like that? Keep up the good work. Looking forward to more Fallout IRLs. Pete Zombie. Note, other listeners told... The notice from me. Oh, never mind. Um, actually, I think I think Pete Zombie's in here tonight. Yes, he is. I think he is. Hey, there Pete. he is. Hey, Pete. Um, have you... The showing... story broke my heart. It did. It did. Um, it really did. But have you um, had any moments like this? I did, but it wasn't a Fallout game. I actually have the example of Mass Effect 3. Um, and, okay, Mass Effect 2 was my first Mass Effect. I really liked it. And I got really attached to Thane in that game. Yes. That was the, the, what my character romanced. And I loved Thane. He was my favorite. He was so cool. And... Uh, then I, when Mass Effect 3 was coming out, I decided I wanted to have one with a continuity from the beginning, right? Right. So I went back and played Mass Effect 1 and took that save into Mass Effect 2. And um, I did this in like a two-week period. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> because well, it was coming out and I got like paranoid. Not terribly long, so, but yeah, that's, that's daunting. So... You know how you were saying in our spoiler cast, this is not a spoiler, by the way, but you were saying <laughs> that the experience you had in that game colored how you will look at the game in the future? Yes. Mass Effect 2 was similar to me. The mm. uh, experience I had in the first game is how I view the Mass Effect universe. Okay. And uh, But this character that I took into Mass Effect 3 had a Caden romance. This sounds so stupid when I'm saying it, but... I was um, with Caden. I was being loyal to him. Uh And then you get to this part Uh, in Mass Effect 3 and Thane is like dying. He says a prayer and the prayer is for you. Yeah. And like I burst into ugly tears, like sobbing. Just, oh, it was horrible. (laughs) You felt like you were cheating on him? I was so sorry. Yeah. Okay. I was so sorry because I felt like I was cheating on him. <laughs> okay. See, I thought you were going to talk about that decision in Mass Effect 1 where it's between Caden and Ashley. No, there's only one decision there. I mean. <laughs> okay. All right. Not- Ashley. <laughs> um, so that was that was your moment. Okay. I was not expecting that. I was expecting a Fallout RP thing. No. 
Man, I'm trying to think. I've done so much RPing with Fallout. And I can't remember... I can't remember what... I, I can't remember... I know I've done stuff that... Okay, well, actually, I mean, go listen to Spoiler Cast Episode yeah. 3 if, if you're in a position to, because that right there was the answer to this email. Um, just a horrible... Not a horrible gameplay experience, but a horrible choice in choices. Yeah. <laughs> I guess I guess you could say. It left me feeling pretty like... What? Go ahead. Uh, it just left me feeling pretty empty and, and down about yeah. what I had done. But that would definitely be one. Of, that would definitely be it. I have a Fallout example. You do? I've done some horrible things for achievements, Rick. <laughs> I've done horrible things for achievements. And uh, one of those achievements is to finish the uh, finish Fallout New Vegas as a uh, Legion person. <sighs> and you know how attached I am to Boone. You oh, know how much I love Boone, right? Yes. And you can imagine how well that went. Not well. So yeah, I I sided with the Legion and and I got a cool hat. I was wearing a cool <laughs> hat, but and crying. It was oh rough. God. It was rough when Boone like breaks up with you. You know, he has this big scene like, oh, I can't, I can't deal with this. Yeah, Aww. it's awful. That's awful. Well, there we go. There's your Fallout Four opinion or Fallout Four RP moment. Should I read the next email? Go ahead. Yeah, yeah. Let's read it. Hey guys, thanks for making this great podcast. I listen to it at work and it helps me get through the day until I can get home and crawl out through the fallout. <laughs> <laughs> That's one of my favorite songs on Diamond City Radio. I can't stand that song. I love it. It's like it's like it's a Richard Cheese song. I it's just <laughs> like the guy sounds sleazy singing it. And I know that I'm not trying to oh, like he does. He really does. On. But like he's just looking at every every married woman next to her husband, like, "Hey, crawl out through the fallout." And, ugh, <laughs> ugh. So back to the email. My boyfriend and I got Fallout Four on release day and have been loving every minute of it. We play as a team, trading the Xbox controller back and forth, and sometimes I use his iPad for pit boy duty, helping to <laughs> heal and change weapons during intense firefights, navigate or monitor our carry weight. This is such an awesome idea. I just- I just could picture him putting a death claw and she just switches to like a baseball bat. <laughs> <laughs> just to troll bang, bang, bang. <laughs> No. <laughs> or he could just be walking and she could just start dropping his stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That'd be so epic. Pick up drop, pick up find- drop. <laughs> <laughs> We've been finding tons of awesome places, stunning characters, and amazing but consistently heart wrenching moments everywhere we go. Our main character is Rex, a generally nice guy who has been wandering the Commonwealth doing whatever he pleases. He's been helping out the Minutemen quite a bit, but has gotten in with the Railroad and the Brotherhood to take advantage of the benefits that each faction offers. He's been traveling mostly with Dogmeat as the companions just slow Rex down and Dogmeat doesn't judge us. (laughs) He carries a well-rounded collection of weapons, but sticks mostly to a mighty Gauss rifle we named John Cena. (laughs) (laughs) A silent sniper rifle named Shh. And our trusty laser rifle. This is my favorite weapon nickname ever, you guys. Ever. Her uh, laser rifle is nicknamed Ronald Ray Gun. Now, why is that your favorite? 
It's hilarious. It's a good pun. Ray gun? Ronald Reagan? Oh. Ronald Reagan? Yep, I didn't get it's it. It's so good. I love it. That's, that's pretty freaking good. <laughs> Rex has kind of neglected his primary objective, instead choosing to explore, help out those in need, and collect as many rare and unique items as possible. After a couple weeks of having fun with Rex and figuring the game out, we've created several roleplay type characters. We have Loki, a sassy lady who's conquering the Commonwealth in her armored red dress and devastating good looks. She's a strong leader and takes care of those who come to her towns for protection. She'll use all her cat's charm and every pistol in her collection to defend them. We also have Leo, a highly intelligent assassin. He takes down his targets with devastating stealth swipes of his knife. Luckily, he's figured out how to teleport very short distances. <laughs> he's also the proud owner of Boston's greatest mustache. And lastly, we have Evander, the Patriot. The only thing he hates more than synths are communists. He stomps, <laughs> you pinko commie. He, he stomps around the Commonwealth in his tricked-out power armor, delivering democracy and justice with his fists, or at the end of his minigun. The roleplay characters are relatively new creations and tons of fun to play, We've used the experiences gained by playing with Rex to guide our play in these games, like not wandering into certain areas with high-level enemies before we're ready. But now Rex is at level 56, so we decided it was time for him to actually try to find his son. <laughs> the only problem, uh, Rex is at such a high level and he feels almost OP compared to everyone around him. Even after turning up the difficulty, the game is almost too easy. Once we got there, we decided to try and kill everyone in the Institute for the lulz. We did really well and only stopped because the game got mad at us and the rendering became awful and unplayable. <laughs> so after all of that, we have a question. As people who have spent plenty of time playing Fallout 4, what is a good pace to play the main story? Do you wish that you could have completed the main story quests at a lower, higher level? Looking forward to hearing your thoughts. Keep up the good work. Best wishes, Tiffany. Now, before we get into this question, I want to point out that a good listener, Jared Adams, in our chat room called that Ronald Reagan fail of mine, my El Cabong moment, which could be a new reference for us <laughs> because that was a, yeah, fiasco. Anyway, uh, a good pace to play the main story. Now, I think... Let's see, what level did she say? Did she say the level that they were at? 56. I finished my first playthrough when I was about level... Probably level 45 to 50. And that was towards the end of it. Um, and I think that's probably a good pace. Finishing it around 40 to 50. Mm -hmm. Finishing it there. There's Shalene's train. Um, oh, sorry, guys. That train is on the rails. Sorry, um, my bad attempt at trying to make up for the Ronald Reagan. I, I, I think, I think that pace is probably good. Finishing the game around level fifty, maybe around there. Uh, going to the institute at level fifty, the game will probably start to feel OP, or at least those missions will. And I don't know what the difficulty curve is when you pump it up to survival. Uh, that might help. Um, but yeah, what do you, what do you think, Shalene? Uh, I feel like the mid-30s is a good place so that you're to right around it? 40 when you end. Yeah, okay. mid-30s to 40. Um, and, of course, there is difficulty levels that you can you can crank up the difficulty levels. I also find that, um, like, creating your own challenges is a good way to compensate if you're too high level for what's going on. Yeah. Like, for example... Um, 
when you go in somewhere, maybe just, you know, put away your powerful weapons, put away Ronald Reagan and get out a pool cue, you know, or, or pick up something in the room and use that, whatever you find in the room. Or uh, like me, you know, don't wear power armor. I felt way overpowered every time that I've worn power armor. Um, so, you know, try try going in clothes or no clothes. there are different ways or no clothes. <laughs> That's also an option. You can, uh, there are things you can do to compensate for when you're a high level character and you're kind of over leveled for what's going on. But I feel like mid thirties is and mid thirties to low forties is a good place to end the story. Yeah. And it also helps too, like if you RP a little bit and that goes along with what you were saying, Shalene, like I'm a combat guy, so I'm going to just going to wear like fatigues mm-hmm. or something or like, you know, I'm a rifleman, so I just use a rifle, not an automatic or whatever. Also, another thing, leave stuff at home, you know, go to your house and only take with you 15 stim packs or you know what I mean? Just right. take, take a few things. Don't take everything you've got. You know, right. just because it's weightless doesn't mean you should carry it all the time. Because some of the best gameplay stories come from when you're, you know, addicted to jet and out of stim packs, naked, hiding from the death claw, yeah. and you have to cobble together a dart gun <laughs> from garbage you find on the shelves. You know, that's that's how you get into that kind of situation is by leaving stuff at home. Yeah. Yep. I only take like uh about three weapons out. Usually Mm -hmm. I'll take a pistol shotgun, um, maybe four pistol shotgun, long range and mid range or something of that sort. And that, that tends to, uh, level the playing field out a little bit, you know, uh, this is, I mean, you have a solution for everything, but at the same time, you know, you don't have a rocket launcher or a fat man on you. I never, ever, ever use a fat man or rocket launcher. I've tried to use big guns before. I just never get in the groove with those things Mm -hmm. because if I start a character that's primarily big gun, I'm always out of ammo for him. Yeah. So maybe they're a higher level. Maybe I should, I don't know, focus on it in a higher level, but we'll see. But, all right. but yeah, so, uh, that was our second listener email. So, uh, let's see. Do we have anything else here? Any, anything else you want to say about this episode? Ep- oh, episode, Shaleen. I think we're good. Okay. I'm going to talk slow. As to not stumble over my words. You can tweet at the show at Fallout OTR on Twitter. You can also tweet at me at Rick McVick. And you can tweet at Shalene at Shalene L. That's S-H-A-L-I-N-E-L. Shalene L on Twitter. You can also email us at falloutotr at gmail.com. Like this video and subscribe to our YouTube channel because we love you for it. We will love you for it until then. We don't love you. I'm just kidding. We always do. Uh, You can find our show on iTunes and Stitcher Radio. Be like Matt Grandstaff and download Stitcher to listen to our podcast. Um, uh, leave us a, um, a review on iTunes or Stitcher. We love it. We have a few five-star reviewer shout-outs uh, this week. And this is always my favorite part of the podcast. Big Tall Guy 4. Thank you so much for having a very simple name. Uh, WW2. Oh, I get it now. Rorschach 2. Murder Bear 71. West Pomeroy. Captain Codlips from the UK. Uh, Omuk. 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 75 from the UK. Gabriel Zeros. Ash303. And Lucky P2828. Thank you so much for your five star reviews. We love them very much. And they make us feel all warm and gooey inside. Like a plasma rifle would. 
We record live Fridays at 7.30 Eastern Standard on YouTube.com slash Quest Gaming Network slash live. We will be moving to 7 o'clock Eastern Standard in February, so be aware of that. Um, check out other Q- great QGN shows streaming live on YouTube. Elder Scrolls off the record. Uh, uh, classic Outer Scrolls, Dragon Age off the record, Warcraft off the record, and Dancing with Daggers, which usually streams at 10.30 Eastern Standard, but is not streaming tonight. They're going to be doing a hide-and-seek event uh, on Stros Mackay on, ES, uh, on ESO. So if you guys play ESO, get hooked up with those guys because they're doing a pretty cool event. Uh, Shalene, do you want to tell them what's going on with that? Uh, they're doing like hide-and-seek event. You have to have three iron ore to be able to participate and you just show up to the Screaming Mermaid Tavern, you meet up there, and then three of the daggers are going to hide on the island, and you find them and bust out with a dance, and they will give you a crafted dagger. And then whoever has all three daggers first and can get back to the Screaming Mermaid is the winner. So. And uh, real quick, uh, Joseph Tao is asking if there's a new challenge for next week. There is a new challenge for next week. Take a summer vacation to the glowing sea. Take your summer shorts and or any attire that's kind of like summery and swimmy and uh, take a picnic or have fun by the glowing sea and send us a screenshot of it and see see what you guys are doing there. Have, just have fun. Yeah. In there. Get some souvenirs. Go hunting seashells on the beach. <laughs> but yeah, so that's that's next week's challenge just to have fun. In the, in the glowing sea thank you so much for listening tonight and join us next week where we discuss the long lost fallout that is Van Buren so what's uh, what's Shalene's last word of this week strong hated that because <laughs> the power armor <laughs> thank you so much <laughs> <laughs>